How do you know that something on you is a bad bacteria versus a good bacteria? Okay, so there's a cell type, there's two cell types that do that for you. The first ones, you'll, you'll recognize some of the parts of these from things you've heard and then probably in the clinic or what have you. First ones are called B cells. And B cells have the feature that on their surface, each one has a unique little sort of catcher's mitt that can catch things from the world at large. And, and, and you have uh, on the order of something like 10 to the ninth different B cells in your body. And they each have a little different catcher's mitt for catching different things in the environment. So they literally can kind of detect a universe of different things that are in the wild. And they can um, see, for example, like a bacteria and when they see a bacteria, they mature to become what's called a plasma cell that is a, basically a form of them that makes tons and tons of secreted form of this very same receptor that was on their surface in the first place, that special catcher's mitt. And it then goes into your blood, and these are called antibodies. And so if you ever get vaccinated, the idea of a, most vaccinations is you bring in like a little bit of viral particles in the, in the shot you get, and your body then learns, okay, that's something bad, and these plasma cell reactions I'm showing you take place, and your body makes a ton of antibodies against those things, and then the next time a viral particle comes in, it gets sopped up. It gets literally coated with all the antibodies that are in your blood. And many of you maybe also would have had something when you go to a foreign country called passive vaccination where you get like horse serum. Literally, horses were given the thing that you're trying to be vaccinated against, and you can be given these antibodies as an injection. Since usually you used to get it as like five milliliters of horse serum in your in your butt, and uh, <laughs> it was really painful, but you know it protected you while you were in Asia, and you didn't have to have this reaction go on, and you could be immediately protected. So, so this is a form of, of recognition, right? So each of these is very unique. One of these might recognize a form of flu, but another B cell in your body may recognize a different form of flu. And so when you go to take a flu shot, you're educating some of these to become flu reactive, to make a whole bunch of antibodies so that your, your, your blood is just full of these collections of antibodies that are against different things, and that provides you protection, right? There's another set of cells that are equally important, perhaps even more important, um, particularly in the context of things like viruses, and, and, and so these are called B cells, and it has a very uh, weird um, origin, it's, it, and they're found originally in the bursa fibricious, which is a little part of the bone of birds. And uh, so they were first found there, and so they were, they were called B cells, like bursa fibricious is a kind of a little region. Um, T cells, uh, by, by contrast, are named because they come through a little organ that's just above your heart called the thymus. And uh, the thymus is most famous if you're culinary. It's one of the sweetbreads <laughs> if you eat French food. So the thymus and the pancreas are these very rich organs that you can, or if you go to South America and Argentina, they'll put them on a Parisia. They're delicious. Anyway, um, they, but they serve a very important function because both of those are places where these immune cells are developing. Right? So the bursa is where you make B cells. and the, It's actually your bone marrow in, in humans is where we make our B cells. So you can think of a bone marrow if you want. Um, and T cells come through the slimus. And so what T cells do that are different is that T cells have a, also have a receptor on their surface. And here we're just showing the surface of a T cell. It would also be, well, we, I showed you one, right? Um, but imagine it as a sphere for the moment. It has a T cell receptor on its surface, and what it recognizes is a little protein that is part that is on every one of the rest of your cells that is a little carrier protein. It's called major histocompatibility complex, or MHC, and it carries a peptide, a little bit of anything in the world. And this can be a, a peptide is a, is a piece of a protein, right? And so you can have pieces of proteins from viruses. You can have pieces of proteins that are yourself. Um, you can have pieces of proteins that come from bacteria, and all of them get put into a little groove. This molecule has a little groove in it, and it sh the, basically this molecule displays peptides to this T cell. 
and says, hey, here's something I saw. You know, I, I, this, this cell type can eat material and then it might put it on the surface in one of these things. And then, and then the T cell sees that and it's kind, of a, it's kind of a dual recognition. The T cell has to both see the self mole this, this molecule and it also has to see this peptide. And the reactions that sort of become important is, is that these things have relationship to each other. So we'll, we'll learn more, more, more about phagocytes. So if a phagocyte eats a bacteria, it can put pieces of that bacteria and peptides on its surface to present to T cells. It can also, um, the, the T cell then can interact with a, back, with a B cell that has also seen the same bacteria, and so they can have a little, uh, you know, sort of conjugate reaction like one of the ones I showed you in the early movies. And the, the net result of this is maybe the B cells make a ton of them cells, and they make antibodies, and the T cells make copies of themselves, ready to see the, wherever that peptide may show up again. And so the immune system is really like this memory. It has this memory of all the things that have happened, and there's two kinds of cells that really see that in the form of the molecular structure of everything else around you. These little peptides in one case, or the whole thing in the case of B cells, right? So you've got, you've got these kind of specialized cells that, that see things very specifically. So to give this a little bit of flavor, like so you can see this anatomically, um, I have to describe something that's called lymph nodes. And, and many of you will know these most intimately through your mother feeling your glands. The glands right here, you know, you know, many people remember this, right? So if, if you have a cold, what your mother or you are feeling or your doctor is actually your lymph nodes. So you have a series of lymph nodes all over your body that are kind of like, if you want to think of this as an, an army analogy, your immune system arrays itself in lymph nodes kind of like a base. And that's the place where the immune system kind of has its home. And uh, there's different zones within, these are, these are basically sacs of cells, of immune cells. And uh, there's zones that have B cells in them. Um, uh, you know, this is basically, this is, uh, you know, sort of to give you a dimensionality, this is not very well to scale. This can hold around 10 million uh, total cells. You know, each of your little lymph nodes may be more, depending on the, which one it is. Um, and when you get a cold or a flu, the reason why your glands swell is because you're getting a major immune response. And that's how your mother or you know that you're having a response to, you know, like a flu or a, or a local cold is that those lymph nodes expand as the immune system expands, learning about the, the pathogen or the foreign thing and then starting to make copies of itself in order to handle it. And uh, I'll show you a little bit of movies real, in real time of how that works. But again, keep in mind that this is zonal. There's different regions of this that, that we can look at. And the way we do this in the lab, to give you a flavor, we either can use biopsies coming from the clinic or more often we do this in mouse models because of the accessibility of studying things there and really reliably, et cetera. So we can put, for example, labeled T cells in, of one from one mouse into another mouse. And we might do some sort of vaccination, for example, and then we can either put that, literally invert that mouse underneath a microscope, or we could take an organ from it in order to study the cells within the organ and understand how they're all communicating with each other. So I'm gonna show you a little bit about how that, that, that works. The red cells here are B cells, green cells are T cells. Um, we're looking at this same organ, you know, these are a couple that have slices through, and then you can render that on FOSS, but of course it's a three-dimensional, so I'm trying to give you a sense of the three dimensions. And it looks like this may not, oh yeah, this place is good. So, so uh, this is sped up, um, but I hope you're recognizing something immediately is that these, these, these green T cells are crawling around a lot faster than the red cells. And the reason we think that is, is remember the green cells have to survey surfaces to find those peptide MHC complexes, to find the bits of the world at large. So, you're, so it requires that your immune system is basically crawling around your body all the time looking for stuff. And, and most of these T cells will live a, a fruitless, sad life um, where they never find what they want, what they're, what they're made for. Um, but that's good for us if they never find what they're made for because that means we're not infected. 
Whereas the B cells, because they're waiting for things to come touch them, seem to be able to just hang around in their little zone and wait for a bacteria to kind of come challenge them and, and hit them. So we have these, you know, you have some things that, that, that represent the uh, desire of the immune system to kind of catalog you and, and recognize you.